0: Hello and welcome to the Hope & Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Are you ready? And are you hungry? Oh, we got a word. We got a word, you know, I don't know. If you're ready, well, this one is good. This is one of those, you know what I mean? I need to hold the horses and say, Holy Spirit, will you help me? I mean, all of them, really. This is a secret fact. Every time I stand in that corner, I say, Lord, if you go, I go. And if you speak, I speak. And if you move, I'll do my thing. Are you with me? And uh, no, I ask that to God, not only to you. (laughs) Thank you, Shara. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) James. But at the same time, I ask God, I say, are you with me, mate? Because uh, this is not my kingdom. This is your kingdom. I'm not here trying to kind of become a parrot and have flashy colors and make people like me and come and pay a ticket to come and look at me. Like in the zoo. Because I can look good saying the thing, but maybe no one understands my language. I'm here because I am expectant. And as I speak to you, God speaks to me. And when I get delivered a word, I ask God during the week to come and, and drill me through it. Um, sometimes it's, it's, it's intense. Uh, but before I stand here, I want to make sure I bring you the choices and the select of the meat of the house. Are you with me? Yes. Yeah? Ah, come on. It's warm, but we can make it? I'm so excited for today. I'm a man of peace. But God chooses me to do war most of the time. So he's just dichotomies of life you know it is what it is we're gonna to go to Philippians 4 and as we get the word in in the screens I want to give you a little bit of context because you're sitting and it's okay the context of this word is Paul is in prison and he's talking to you and me about how to live a life of freedom while he is physically constrained and that's why we worship oh I wish I could fly I wish I could do this and that and the other. I wish I, 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 uh, Paul said, not me. I have learned how to live in all these me things for the sake of the gospel. So he's a man that is purified by pain. What we escape, what we have been taught to escape, not physical pain. Pain that goes beyond what you can speak even in your mother tongue. If I can have, how many English, English natives do we have? I'm not talking about Americans and Canadians out of the game because you just learned that by default, you know. How many English people do we have in this room? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In a lucky, oh, ten, because we got someone back. In a lucky day... You can you can take down. You can. <laughs> in a lucky day, we don't know what the heck that means. In a lucky day, even the language of English, if you look at it and Google it, it has changed so much. You might be talking French as much as I know, or old medieval Viking, you know, German. You know that in the books. I talk Spanish. That's my mother tongue. So if you criticize my sermons, criticize yourself because you talk less languages than I do. <laughs> you know that the Latin, Latin actually goes from German. Germans talk Latin, by the way, whatever that means. But Italians, Portuguese, Spaniards, In Latin America, you say, hey, ah, you talk Spanish, so you must know what you're talking. I, it took me like, 18 translators to go and buy bread in Argentina. And I'm from Puerto Rico. And we talk Spanish. But even in Spanish, there's 20 other tongues inside of the language. And I think that's a good good image of when we hear something, all of us hear something different. And when God speaks to us, it's unique. And it's favored by God. If our hearts are in that place of hunger and understanding, are saying, God, I don't know, and I don't care, but will you speak to me? It might be in tongues, but will you speak to me? I don't know if you've been, like, prayed by someone in another language, and you didn't have the the luxury of understanding their language, because that's a luxury. Don't take it for granted, because there's a lot more languages than yours in the world. And if you have been exposed to someone that could pray in another language and they were feeling it and they were praying for you, it is a luxury to be able to understand with this and with this, what they're saying and declaring over this. And this is my prayer today, that this overrides our culture, our understanding of time, our age, now we understand this in the eyes of who is eternal. That is God. The Almighty One. Are you with me? Yeah. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious. Good luck. <laughs> and about anything, anything. It's just about anything. It just opens the umbrella. Do not be anxious. And is actually giving you an order. The ones that we love. I love when someone says, uh, do not... I'm like, my nature comes against it with everything. Is that your nature like mine? Can someone that has a nature like mine just put up, who's rebellious in the house and everyone said, you see what I mean? Be anxious for nothing. Shh. God is saying, Oi, I know how I made you, but this is someone else's game. Be anxious for Nothing about anything. But in every situation, wherever you got yourself caught up by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, not your peace, the peace of God, which transcends all your understanding, all understanding will guard your what? What? Hearts, not your brains, your hearts, not what you know, your hearts, not your culture, your hearts, not what you think, your hearts, not your age, your heart, and your minds. In Christ Jesus, he puts a difference. While we join, God puts a line in between and says, I can take care of both. Don't simplify it. I'm a complex, not complicated God. I can take care of what you don't even understand. And he says, he even goes further, and this is where he goes midi, and this is what he puts today in front of us in the table. He says, verse 8, finally, after all that, brothers and sisters, another version in the old English version says brethren, but I know we're not talking that. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is Pure, whatever is lovely, whatever, whatever is admirable. If anything is, is a question, he goes from quantities to questions. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Verse 9 says, and we finish with this whatever you have. Learned or received or heard. Learned, received, or heard. Three different stages of information absorbed by our spirit. Don't be fooled by hearing. Don't be fooled by learning. Don't be fooled by hearing. And don't be fooled by seeing. Because if you don't put it into practice, the God of peace will never be with you. And in this version says, God, the God of peace will be with you. Shall we pray? I want to ask you to stand up. Who, is hurt? Who wants something? You know, if you're not wanting something and it's going to be boring, you can stay in your chair. It's all good. It's all good. But if you want something from God, you can stand up, please. I believe this is an act of humility in front of God and say, Lord, thank you for your word. Will you bring something to us? Bring us into understanding. Not religion. All of us need you. All of us need this word. Will you speak to me and the rest? This room needs you and what you can do in Jesus' name. You can be seated. (laughs) This is one of the best questions that my kids or my wife have asked me. And this is kind of like all across the board. I think this is an international question. What were you thinking? Or in presence of you and me today here, what are you thinking? Sometimes we are absent of our thought life. Sometimes it's going through the motions. Because we have a brain and because God gave us breath, it means that that keeps them going. But sometimes we're not paying attention. And as we are dormant, that might be filled with things that are less than the character of God. And as Christians, this is the first token. What is filling your thought life? What is informing you of how to think? And this is not new. This is not poetic. And that's definitely not easy to swallow when we find ourselves in a fault. It's like, wait, I was thinking about that. See, every thought has to be taken captive, it says in Ephesians, to the knowledge of Christ. But do we? take every thought captive. You know when you thought to do that thing that you don't want everyone to see in the screen? You took that thought captive. Because if we thought of that and took it captive, we wouldn't mind. Because at least it would speak of my last nature. But when we don't take it captive, it speaks of my situation. But there's a better word in the house today. Don't worry about it. We're just informing the enemy the territory he's going to lose today. This is where he's losing. We're coming against the armies of thoughts, the strongholds that have kept our minds busy so we would not learn how we are built and who we are. The Lord himself is coming against the lack of peace, of fake peace that we find on being stationed and not being delivered. We want to be tolerated by the Spirit of God. We are uncomfortable by being transformed by it. And God went to the cross himself so we didn't station ourselves in our brokenness, but we could live in freedom. He said, I will make you free. And it's not that they were slaves. That generation didn't know slavery. They were generations after. They were so past all of that that they questioned Jesus in many moments when he talked about, he talked about their slavery. And he's, he just had to come back to their reality. And the same reality that we hold today in front of Christ if we pray honest about areas of our life, that we say, God, will you make me free? Some of us look at God and say, you must be tired of me bringing back the same requests. You know that same area? Ah, I'm back. Who's back? Who has an area that you're back and you're saying, yeah, I'm back. Nobody, you're back. And I love you. You're awesome, bro. God points at us with joy, with understanding. He doesn't come and say, how many times do I have to do this for you? He comes and say, I paid a cross. So every time you will find the same me welcome you back into wholeness you have no strength to hold your own wholeness it's only Christ and it's Christ in others and it's Christ in you that ministers not only to you but to others it's the cross that lives deep in us because he paid and he gave his spirit unto us and the world can shake these columns can fall structures don't Don't hold the glory that is inside of you. Outside of my notes, but we're gonna go back to them. Where are your thoughts? Where are your thoughts? Have you asked yourself, what are you thinking? Have you looked at yourself in the mirror once or twice in life and say, Mmm, that was not very brave? Mmm, that was not very smart. Mmm, if I could do it again. And all of us have at least one moment, if we're honest, that says, I know. And the beauty of the gospel is to be able to visit those without the heaviness of the feelings and the shame. Because he can restore us, he can bring us back inside of his quiver so he can shoot us out all the way to where he planned us to be. We are that arrow that is on fire. It doesn't matter the years. It doesn't matter the pain, although he takes it on account. And believe me, when you have been in pain and the devil has been against you and God takes you back into this quiver, that fire becomes a pain that he will use as a fire that burns through the shame of many. Because when it's done to you, it's done to the family. And you belong to a bigger family. It's not only you. The independent spirit that we have today wants us to think that our faith is my faith. You believe that? I believe this. No! For God so loved the world, and that's your faith, that He gave His Son. And in His Son, we are. It is Him that we look after. So finally, and in this, this is when it's gonna get meaty. I don't know if you guys came. Do you had lunch, maybe? Because if you had lunch, maybe you don't have enough space. Maybe you want to ask God, can I be hungry for this? Maybe that's a good moment. i give you two seconds. i am not be listening. <laughs> can I be hungry for this word, Lord? Verse 8 goes to say a lot of things. But before that, I want to give you four things that are very important. He says, don't all be anxious. And he's basically saying, don't be self-centered or prideful. Don't, don't be centered on what you can do. About anything, but in every situation by prayer, prayer equals dependence. I'm talking intimate, petition and petition, humility, intimacy, relationship with thankgiving. So it's talking about being dependent, not being self centered or being in pride, and acting in, out of humility and intimacy into a relationship with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is the key. If you wanna have peace, it is only by thanksgiving. Today, we come under the subject, higher thoughts. Because I am sick and tired of having my own dreams, my own thoughts. They always fall short than the blessing that God keeps on demonstrating. Some of us say, hey, I wanna be blessed. I wanna see his things on my life. But every time I'm so rooted on my own thoughts, I get surprised, but not in a good way. I have to go back to God and say, you did it better. And God said, I know. I had more, but you never asked me. Even if you had imagined, you would have never been able to tap it, but you never were in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship. I want to have a faith that goes day in and day out with such a peace. With such thanksgiving that I can see the biggest struggle and say, I know I can ask for this, and I cannot imagine what you would do. I will go and fight a lion if it's necessary, believe me. In arguments and thoughts, I'm good. But in faith, I'm the one that needed it since I was born. My mom was asked by the doctor, can I abort him? He died seven weeks ago. He's not going to be born. He's actually complicating your health. And my mom said, Let me pray. What a brave woman, eh? That was an easy one. Out for the catch, playing dead. More than playing. I play hard, eh? I make you believe it. (laughs) Don't worry, you'll get it back home. But we are in this kingdom that cannot be shaken, and our peace depends. The key to that peace is that being thankful. I don't know how to be thankful. Ask, pray, be humble with all petition. Be humble and say, I don't know how to be thankful, but I'm gonna present you this, and you do you. I'm just being me, I'm the one with the petition. I'm the guy. That's coming in and praying. I know you know my name because, I mean, you said that you invented me before the beginning, you know, all that kind of stuff. I love when they start quoting God, everything who He is and what He said. But this is when it gets really good because it gets really real for the ones that really want to be humble. He says, present your request. I hate when we in England say, sorry. I think it's so anti God. If you want to experience the spirit of the Antichrist, put me in video with this one, eh? (laughs) This one I'm not asking to delete. I'm asking you to go all the way to YouTube with this one. Some English you're going to know. Never say sorry because you're demanding forgiveness. Your arrogance stinks in front of God. But when you say, can you forgive me? you're humbling yourself. With all petition, you're presenting yourself. Let's not take culture of men and our cultural understanding so high that we forget what really makes the world tick and run in its own case. We ask for forgiveness. We don't demand for forgiveness. God cannot get demands. He's gracious. Are you with me? Can I step over them? Are you going to put them out? Yeah? Put the toes out. I'm going there. I'm going to get all the way to your row. God, he says, "Oi, present yourself and the peace of God, my peace, which presents all of the things that you can think and you can understand. You can stand under all the things you can think and you can stand under. This is my peace. It exceeds it. And I will guard you and your hearts and your minds. In me, in Christ, Jesus. If this is an honest moment, all of us right now can say, Jesus, I, 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 I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but I need that. Because all of us are in a war in our minds. We're fighting to understand who he is and how he sees it. We're fighting to be humble, not self-reliant like the culture around us is telling us to be. We are not in pride, but we are people of prayer. Prayer is not your weapon. The Bible is your weapon. Prayer is your muscle to put that sword up and say to the devil, I'm going to tell you something, mate. Don't think prayer because you can pray hours hours but if you don't know scripture the enemy is going to come at you and you're going to be naked prayer is the muscle and you're going to tell the devil what to do with his lie. prayer is what makes you grab that sword the bible the word of god and say i have this in my heart that's why he talks about your heart your heart and your mind he will guard that that you know him will make strength into you, but that's not the point. This is only the context today. We're going to talk about actually verse chapter, 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 chapter 4, verse 8. And he says, Finally, at last, it might have taken some time for us to understand this. Maybe you've been walking with God for three seconds, or three years, or 300 days. It's not up for us to understand what you have been able to be revealed by God. But you know, finally. Finally, brother, sister, whatever is true, whatever is true, finally. It means I've talked about other things. You know about a lot of things, but there's something that remains important. When God says, finally, through any of us, pay attention. Pay attention, because it means that you might not be getting it all. And I'm just right now getting your attention. I might be just getting the last moment that you might be able to pay attention to this. Finally, I get to this point. I've talked about so much, but now I get to talk about this. It's a privilege. Finally, brethren, brother, sister, it's association. I'm not leaving you on the crowd. I'm forming part of who you are. I'm part of the crowd. Finally, brother and sister. Don't leave anyone behind. Join not in their brokenness, but in the position of being broken. Very different. Do you get me? Should I, should I say it again? Join in the position of being broken, but not in their brokenness. All of us are broken. There's no way of hiding, even if we want it. I don't care if you're Robert De Niro and you fake it like you make it. You're broken. You are. And you might think that you fool everyone, but you know who you are. And you got to go home with you. Hopefully your wife doesn't go to the toilet with you. (laughs) You know, sometimes... Those are the best prayers, the ones that we say in the toilet, Lord. Those are very humble ones. (laughs) There's a lot of people that pray in the toilet in this place, yeah. (laughs) Those are the best showers and the best prayers, you know what I mean? Like, we're definitely naked in front of the Lord, you know? (laughs) That's a good spot. The the devil is scared of the toilet room, you know? He knows if they get in that place, they might be real with God, oh my God! You know, it is what it is. But finally, Finally, you, me, whatever is true. And what's true means after the association, after we have gone all over the surroundings surroundings of the law, we go into relationship by association and intimacy, whatever, quantity, whatever. I'm talking about whatever, quantity, whatever. In this relationship, we can talk about whatever. The little or the much? Sometimes we think that we have to come to God with some big thoughts, big words. And God says, I invented the tongue, so you just should stop trying. Just open your heart. Let me hear your breath. When you come with words, you become in between the breath that he gave you and him. it is such a peace to know that you understood the capacity of air in your lungs was planned by the one that holds the heavens and the earth (sighs) the ruach of God the breath of God lives in you what and with that we come and say hey whatever is true Lord true means not hidden because truth cannot be hidden truth is a person it's not information so if you have a person inside of you and you come across information that you don't agree you go bunkers baby go bunkers in the easiest way you can and I emphasize you can highlights neon exclamation point but you cannot keep it hidden. A light is not set up to be hidden under a table but to be put on a shelf on a high place of a house so it brings light to everyone in the room. So if you have truth you don't shut up. If you have fear and information you shut up. Difference. Arguments versus Truths. And that could turn into a different game very easily. Truth is not hidden. And it's already, when we say this is true, whatever is true, we're actually matching it to the character of Christ, not what we know. Because most of us, if we're honest, there has been several things in our lives that have been true and we didn't know. How many of you guys know my age? For the rest... I have this I still have the same age, even if you know it or not. You see what I mean? But it's still true. So we might know information, we might have revelation. But truth is a person. Yeah. The person of Jesus. The world nowadays wants to water it down because they want to kick out the person of Jesus out of everything. That's why in the Bible says, you know what? I've given his name the power above all names, above all kings. Because they don't want us to talk about Jesus. They don't want you to think about Jesus. They don't want you to think at the level that Jesus thinks of you. And as a church, we come today and say, hey, boy, I have to think higher. But who's higher? I will exalt your name above all names. The Bible in Ephesians says that we are sitting in glory with Jesus Christ. Higher. Thoughts. The Bible also, Paul, always reminds us, think and let the mind that was in Christ to be in you. So if we're not thinking like Christ, we're thinking below what we are born to be doing, below what the Spirit that is in us enable us to do. It might get difficult. It might go against the culture that you've been living like or you're standing, but you have been born Again, born to be wild. Aliza, God bless you. That's for me. You have been born to be wild. You have been born to have higher thoughts. You have been born again so you don't succumb into lower places of thought. But you can think differently. You can see the truth. You can move. Some would see it and criticize it because they don't understand the truth. The gospel is craziness for the ones that don't know it but for the ones that have a relationship with the Spirit is the power of God. Do you see where we're going? So cool. It says, okay, whatever is, whatever is true, whatever is noble, another version says, whatever is honest. Noble in this land means very different than in my land. But we're going to go with the National Geographic version. <laughs> Whatever is noble, and it actually means honorable. And if we're going to translate that into gospel, whatever is full of the character of the king. whatever is full of the character of Christ. Whatever is true is not hidden and it matches with your character. Whatever is honorable, whatever is full of the character, it matches and is full of him. You understand? It also says, whatever, whatever is lovely. And another version, it says, just, equitable. Whatever is holy. Whatever explains us the character of God. Your thoughts are explaining to you the character of God. If that thought that you just had, I, I know you're not enough. You didn't get it. You're away. No, you couldn't. Does that explain to you how near you are to God that sits in you and has created in you the temple of the Holy Spirit? If it's not, kick it out because it's not just. It's not honorable. It's not noble. It doesn't explain the king that lives in you. You understand what I mean? You're not the king, but the king has chosen you to have a temple, and he's proud of you. He doesn't choose whatever. He chooses what he has designed by love. Not only by what you can do. Some of us actually try to serve God. And out of our gifts, we want to understand our relationship with God. But that could not be further from the truth. We are loved. And because we're loved, we are designed. And with our design, we can serve. In this room, I know there's several people that have different gifts. If you will lose your legs, will you stop being who you are? If you lose your hands... Will you stop being who you are? If you lose your sanity, according, too late. <laughs> will you stop being you? Or is still, he's still on the throne? See, culture teaches us to be afraid because we need to produce to have favor and value in front of people. But Christ comes and says, hey, I am your value. Today we're going very deep. This inner healing moment, boy. And this is for us to understand that we're standing on the brink of something different. Our thoughts have been going lower, but the Lord himself today said, I want your thoughts to be higher. I want your inquisitive nature to be able to go higher because I've made you like that. Don't be scared of it. You won't be judged. I will empower your questions to reflect my character. If you're humble, this is what he's teaching us. Not only that, but he's also talking about purity. Whatever is pure. And pure means clean. And pure means perfect. And pure means I've been given over. I've been given over as a sacrifice whatever is reflecting the cross, whatever is pure. For those that come with a pure heart, those that seek me from the cross will find me. Those that invoke my name with purity from the cross, from my place of victory over the life, they will find me. And sometimes we get lost in religion And we don't know how to be pure, for the love of God. Have you seen the world out there? How the heck are you pure? Because I call it pure, you call it impure. What's the parameter? But the parameter is the cross. From that place that I didn't deserve it, but he made it happen, I come. From that place, whatever is pure, whatever reflects the cross in those things, I will think. Whatever is lovely, and that's easy because we know God is love. But I want to go further into this, if you allow me. If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Say, hey, if you don't think about it, I cannot help you. And some of us don't know what to think about. That's why I open with that question. What are you thinking? Half of us, 80% of us, might have taken that in a negative way and might have thought, Oy, um, I'm not thinking anything wrong. Or you might have said, "Oh, I thought about that. But it's just a question that the Holy Spirit wants to release power through us and say, Hey, if you think of your pain, I cannot give you the freedom. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me and seen in me, not seen over me, seen in me, I can open my heart and you see my failures in me. Not seen over me. You didn't see my coat only. You saw my heart on that decision, on that motivation. Whatever you see in me, put it into practice. I see the paternal voice of a man that had suffered the failure of his morale. He had been killing Christians and he was met by God in the midst of his shame. Also, I see a man that had been planting groups of people, cells of people that could actually bring us resolve to the queries the situations that were in the place in that moment. But he was in prison and he was holding his control because all of us think if I will be there, Maybe you're not like me. Not that long ago, I was kicked out of a meeting. And um, no one knew, but I knew. If I was, mm, ah, That's how my heart felt. Welcome to the surround sound of my soul. You heard that? Who heard that? You heard it in the back? Yeah, that's how I felt and God confronted me. I said, I know. Take a second. Breathe. I'm buying you time. You need to have energy. You still need to talk. Purity. Whatever is admirable, excellent, pressworthy. Think. And put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. And if you don't believe me, this is what happens with us. In our life, we walk behind the strongest thought we have. This has been said, I didn't say it, but it makes all the sense if I look at my own life. And if I put it in the table today, would you think the same? My life, maybe your life, has gone behind your strongest thought of who you are or that situation. If I think that balloons are great, I'm gonna put not only balloons in my kid's birthday, I'm gonna own a shop that actually inflates balloons because I am like that from zero to a thousand and for the ones that know me, say amen I'm not only gonna buy a mic I'm gonna create a record label if I sing and I like music because I believe in a God that is bigger and stronger than what I can produce and there's more birthdays than my kids and there's more music than I can produce And I'm gonna make sure that everyone has some. If I go through the door, everyone is getting some of the glory. That's our calling as Christians. If we know the man that called us and his gift in us, we're able to push not only us through the door, but bring home everyone. I know that we're taught to survive, but this faith is thicker if we stand in humility and in praise. And in thankfulness, we open the door, and everyone else can come in. I know it's warm, and we're closing, but I want to bring you to Numbers. And I know that's your favorite book. And you said, Numbers, really, Chris? Are you ready for Numbers? (laughs) That was an amen right there. And it's going to get really good because I'm going to teach you how to think from one of us. And I know that's someone else that is thinking like that, but you might find yourself in this, in this story. Numbers 13. I'm going to go from chapter 13, verse 1. and It says, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan. Which I'm giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So, the Lord's command, so at the Lord's commands, Moses sent send them out from the desert of Paran. And I could go into the meeting of Paran, but that's your site. And all of them were the leaders of the Israelites. Another version says they were the heads, the ones that carry the thought. And for the ones that know the story, I'm already stabbing you. But I want you to hold with me. Because you know the story, you might not know all the details. That's the trick. With God, if we're humble, he always brings something different, something more. So the Lord used Moses to call these men. And these men were the heads, they were the leaders. They were the men that had the head of the tribe. The thought life. The way of thinking of each tribe of the Israelites. And then he goes into the names, and that will leave for another day. But we will go to verse 27. It says, they went to this land, you know, of course, and they, he sent them. And when they came back, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it was God that sent them. It does flow with milk and honey. Duh, God said. Here is the fruit. Of course, if God sent you, you you can be lame and stupid. You'll come back with fruits. Here is the fruit. Look, I can prove it to you. I know. God sent you, mate. You know, Moses, I I imagine Moses and the angels. I'm not even going to think about God because that's a different level. But imagine God sent them. Moses said it to them. And they come to Moses and say, it's true. And Moses is like, Yeah? That's true. You were right. And Moses is like, I'm not. I've never been there. (laughs) But God told me. And I send you. He's faithful. I still think he's cool. It's true. Duh. Actually. It does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. Thank you very much. (laughs) He's already having snacks. And But the people who live there, ah, that's the problem. That's the problem. Did God call us or you called us? If they have gotten that one, maybe they would have shut up about this one. But they didn't catch it because their thought life were not that high. And it says, verse 28 says, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We, but and we. That's very bad in any conversation. But we, but we, but we even saw descendants of Anak. Anak people should have been quite cool and big. You know, they must have been kind of, hmm, like the Canaan people. The Amalekites lived there in the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea. Actually, I love about where he says, all these nations live in the strongholds, in the place of Prominence, and these other people live in the place of provision. Prominence and provision. They looked at both, as spies. Sometimes our life, we see what can make us prominent and what could provide for us. And we give that prominence over who sent us, who allow you to be born. Normal translation nowadays. Because there's a lot that are not born, And he says, they live along the Jordan, along the, pra- the place that we're going to cross over. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up. This is another we. Caleb was actually joining in with God because God sent them, not Moses. While these people were joining in with each other and say, Our strength cannot do it. This is exactly what Philippians was talking. When you go, be anxious about nothing. Don't hold yourself in your own strength. I am calling you. Present yourself in front of Christ. Present yourself in front of God with purity, with relationship, with intimacy. And I will tell you what the God of peace can instill in you. But I know this is not relevant today. Even, we even saw the descendants of a nation that had a reputation. We're going to go into that in a second. It says, Caleb silenced them. And verse 31 says, but the men who had heard Caleb had already talked. Caleb silenced them with a rebuke from heaven. God still had not done anything. God had not taken a decision. They still talked even when God reminded them through one of us. You love that friend that says, oh, wrong decision. Ah, oh, have you thought about it? Ah, oh, is that what you're going to do? Ah, oh. I remember in the Olympics, we were preaching next to the brothers in Soho. And I remember that we were sitting, you know, next to the doors of the models that we have here in Soho. And I remember that every man that wanted to go, or women, because there were both, we were sitting there and when one of them wanted to go in, we would say, hey, oh, have you thought about this? Every one of them stopped and said, um, they could have been with 15, they could have been with five zero, and they could have been by themselves. All of them stopped and looked at each other. So none of them had really thought at the height of the question that God was asking them through a broken man or women because we were a team and we were kicking them out and about (laughs) after that most of the brothers were crossed an area that was famous for it was closed massively the Lord did amazing miracles just a cool story about your city but we're still here thinking about the giant and not asking the bigger question not thinking bigger not thinking higher and that's where the word of god comes in to do today am i just thinking about my enemy when we go into this the story says that they had gone up they had seen it they saw themselves in a land that was true it was blessed that has given you what you need, but you still might be looking at the enemies of what is there. You're not looking at the provision or the source. You're looking at yourself. In a world that is turning into self-gratification and self-help, we need a Savior. We preach Christ, and Christ crucified and risen. We don't preach religion. We don't preach, if you say it, if two of you, are, ain't, no. Are you living it? Are you petitioning it? Do you have a relationship? Because you might get the miracle, but you might not know the God that did it. With this, we close. With all the love and gloom, we ask the worship team to come back. We might be in a fight in this territory. They might be thoughts that are strong. They might be valid, but they might not be revealing the character of God. And we have to ask in petition for revelation of His character in his cross in what we're deciding to do. We're not winning or fighting a game or a war against things that we can see. Our fight is done against the human. It's not about a family tendency. It is not about what happened to you last summer. It is about what God has said about us. The enemy keeps us entertained so we don't pay attention. But God is saying, hey, I am bringing you to a new place. In this story, we all know it. The people of Israel didn't go in. Why? Why? And he says it really clear in verse 33. He says, we saw the people of Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak. They must have been very strong, you know. They keep on bringing him up. And we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. They didn't ask them. They didn't even talk to them. We seem in our own eyes like grasshoppers. Their thoughts of themselves were lower. God is asking us, about how we think. What are you thinking about? What are your thoughts? What is the rule of that king that you say is Jesus over your life, over your thought life? Are you allowing those thoughts to run the kingdom? Or is the king informing the thoughts where to store themselves? We have to understand that when you believe in God, you believe in the impossible. That everything around you would say it's impossible. But God would say, if you believe me, I will show you. They might be bigger. And as long as you don't look at yourself, I'll take you there. We're not going to be wandering around like the people of Israel and like the thoughts of our generation in this room. It was not the giants that kept them out. It was the way that they thought of themselves. And we are being called by God today on our very hot Sunday to live as hot as we were made for. I use that one. God is asking us to live into the potential, to the height of the thought of Christ that is in us. I know it's difficult to really mentalize that Christ lives in you sometimes because you know who you are. In the secret with your temptations and you put that all in the blender but i'll tell you what all that is in a blender but christ is the blender you can put whatever you want in the blender that doesn't change the nature of the blender it will blend it it will consume it and destroy it and if you need faith there's faith in the room for you today and if you need power And you need prayer in a specific area. There's power for you. There's no shame on asking. But we need to get our thoughts higher. We need to get them to be in Christ. Sitting with him in glory. The same thoughts. I am not that one in my family. That is going to drop the ball and say this is impossible. My grandfather, my grandmother couldn't do it. So I cannot do it. No, I'm the one that breaks the cycle. I'm the one that is that point in history where it stops. I am where the buck of heaven says, enough. Enough is enough. Our thoughts are higher than we know. Let's get up. Let's get there. Let's get with it. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.